Hi, love leaders. It's Dr. Shannon Roberts, your host for the Love Leading Podcast, where we discuss how to create connection in your most important relationship that God designed, bringing health and sometimes healing while deepening intimacy. Welcome to the show. Love Leaders, it's Dr. Shannon Roberts with your Love Leading podcast episode. It's so good to be back with you guys again uh, this week. Thank you for tuning in and loving that you are showing back up over and over again because you are looking for ways to find um, your emotional shifts back to your most important person and building the kind of deep love and intimacy that you are hardwired and desire um, in your design for. So we, in a couple of episodes ago, had been talking about, gosh, what is this thing that happens from the altar to um, how sometimes uh, couples show up and land in my office from this really um, distinct desire to want to to know and love and um, serve and and make our partner happy on the day I said I do to when they get into my office and they can barely, um, you know, look at each other, um, speak to each other. So this is what we're going to be talking about this time around. My a couple of episodes ago, I talked about the things that work against this erosion over time, intimacy in the relationship. We talked about just general inattention, lack of intentionality or laziness or not understanding um, how to the importance of continuing to um, have those renewal systems that create closeness and warmth are not prioritizing it. We talked about betrayal wounds or pain points in the relationship that don't necessarily have a healing pathway of coming back to a place of uh, reconnection or reset. And so they go unattended over time um, and they might resurface again and again, and again, or uh, there might be a reoffense again, again, and again. We talked about um, kind of just family of origin um, areas of sensitivities and vulnerabilities that we each individually bring into the relationship that sometimes play out in ways that we're not aware. Um, and so those tend to sometimes cause uh, disconnection as well. And then lastly, we talked about just this rigid negative argument cycle is not necessarily what we um, are fighting about. It's how we're fighting about it. And we're going to go back a little deeper into this last one, this rigid negative fight cycle, because um, as we are seeing in the research and my experience in working with couples for 30 years, this one can be the greatest culprit, the one that might underlyingly uh, continue to be problematic for the ability to have couples continue to feel warm and connected and have their want to show up in their relationship. 
Because if we don't have a software program that allows us to show up safe and secure, where we can express thoughts and feelings and opinions, even to the point of things that we don't like, which is a protest in the relationship, then um, sometimes we start to really um, shift in what we tell ourselves about our partners. Our stories change in the conversation that we have in our heads about our partner. And so that shifts our emotions. It shifts our energy motivation and desire to want to again, right? And so this is the number one predictor of um, intimacy erosion in the relationship. And you can go to John Gottman's research and he talks about the four um, apocalypse of the horsemen, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, excuse me, and how he has found that if these kinds of attributes in the way couples fight show up, they can be the biggest predictor of relationship dissatisfaction and ultimately divorce. Um, so he talks about um, the ability to show up in a, um, a non-harsh way when we're protesting something. So they comes across as critical of the person rather than the problem. Defensiveness, not being able to receive your partner's influence. Um, or to receive your partner's version of their perceptual truth and how that might come across to them as not safe, not secure. Um, he talks about stonewalling, just a general shutdown um, and, and lack of ability or desire, or maybe even one step more um, in a, a purposeful um silent treatment are not willing to address or talk through no work through kind of communication cycle. And then lastly, he says contempt that um, just a general disregard of not wanting to. Um, and in my experience, I've seen one more. It's called indifference. It's really kind of scary when a couple comes into my office and there's just this lackadaisical, like, oh, well, you know, I really don't care. Um, and it's different than maybe contempt. Contempt has a strong underlying, you know, where you just are trying to find ways of maybe hurting or um, getting back at, whereas it, um, indifference is, huh, doesn't really matter. And that's a really hard place to come back from with couples. And let me tell you why. When couples come into my office, the number one complaint that they tell me is um, going on is their lack of communication. Yep. It's not like these big deal breaker things that you've heard about, whether um, infidelity or co-parenting, you know, challenges are um, role division in the home, our work-life balance, our extended family challenges, our finances, our sex. I mean, these are the things we fight about, but how we fight about them is the biggest complaint that couples come in and say, we're just not seeing eye to eye. We can't get on the same page. We don't even understand one another's views and perspectives. And a lot of times they're looking for me to be the, 
the referee or the mediator are worse yet um, to kind of validate a side, right? They want me to hear both sides and for me to say who's wrong and who's right. And um, they, a lot of times are kind of pointing the finger at one another, like they need to change. And if they did this, this, and this, then um, then we would be able to kind of get along better. And so they want me to fix their partner. <laughs> and um, that's just not kind of how it goes. In my experience, um, there are therapists out there that really will start, you know, taking those kinds of complaints and start contracting out, um, you know, how we can move and adjust people and how they show up. We can negotiate and compromise and contract uh, fair and safe, you know, what is, you know, uh, an agreed upon plan. And what we have found is that's great. Couples might get better for a time and um, they'll leave and then they come back six months later and they're kind of in the same place because Something else is going on. I mean, if we knew what we needed to do to provide peace and harmony in our relationships and we're not doing it, we're, it's not because we're not intelligent people. It's because something else is playing a, a significant part. And if we don't go underneath those um, surface kinds of issues and understand the emotions that drive those and we don't address those emotional representations of what we're fighting about and why, and we don't make emotional shifts back towards each other and create that safety and security towards one another, then this fight cycle is going to continue just to play out. And we're not going to want to show up for our partner in different kinds of ways, regardless of what we agreed to do or not. So the want to's are the things that we have to really go under there and understand and and drive home. We shift those emotional kind of understandings and in that fight cycle, because couples will say we fight over the stupidest stuff, whether it's like, you know, who's supposed to be in charge of locking the doors at night before we come to bed? Or, you know, we've heard the proverbial, you know, is the toilet paper supposed to be put on the dispenser where it winds down or winds from the bottom, top or bottom, top or bottom. <laughs> so, but it's the messages that we begin to tell ourselves about why our partner does what they're doing. Hi, I'm calling all women out there who are tired of mediocrity and lack of freedom. Or maybe you just don't want to sell for plain old vanilla anymore. Maybe you're feeling stuck and tired and you really truly don't know what it's like to live exceedingly in your mind and in your body and in your spirit. If this is you, join me, Dr. Shannon Roberts, for a live event Monday, November 29th where you can begin learning the shifts that you can put into place to truly make 2023 life-changing. So click the link, join our exceedingly Facebook group and community so you'll have access to the live stream. I'll see you on the inside. And when those messages begin to create this feeling 
where we are not feeling loved or accepted or that our partner is not available or responsive to us, then these messaging begin to shift. Let me say that again. It's not the toilet paper and whether it comes from the top or the bottom, it's what we tell ourselves about that from our partner. That when our partner shows up in ways that we perceive them to be not loving, not responsive, not accepting, or not available to us, then our stories create this feeling of not being safe or not being secure. And so we shift and change in those storytelling episodes where our emotions begin to be impacted, where our energy level and the body begins to show up differently in our want to's, and then our behaviors are impacted. And so our behaviors then influence our partner and they're having similar things going on in their stories. And so this um, fight cycle feeds negatively on each other. And a lot of times couples say it's getting worse and worse and worse. It gets more chronic, more rigid, more unyielding. And so sometimes we're not even coming out of a fight cycle, you know, that kind of afterglow, you know, makeup sex is not happening or the feeling of reconnection or agreement or, you know, misunderstanding and forgiveness. Those things don't even sometimes get accomplished before the next one starts. And so they're overlapping and the negativity is never getting a reset, restart. And so, listen, the research is really clear. Couples will wait. They'll talk about possibly, they'll plan for, they may research. Coming in for counseling for an average of seven years before they actually walk through the door. And for me, because I work a lot with faith-based couples too, sometimes it's even longer. Um, I'm going to have an episode and I'm going to talk about the, you know, significant special nuances of working um, with faith-based couples. Sometimes it's because, you know, there's this kind of, do I really trust um, marriage therapists? Um, Are they going to recommend divorce because I'm not going to want a divorce? I'd rather go talk to my pastor or priest or, you know, ministry leader. Um, It's, kind of maybe seen as a little bit more shameful if we're admitting um, that we are not acting in noble kind of spirit-filled ways in the relationship. And so I have to explain to them that, you know, when you are in that self-protective back brain fight, flight, or freeze mode, that we aren't using our rational brain. We aren't accessing, you know, the best version of ourselves. And so we try to normalize Um, the atmosphere and the environment so that they can be authentic and show up and feel safe in the environment in order to work through. But they take a little bit longer to get in the office. And so by that point, they have been traveling this well-versed, well-ridden, well-trotted fight cycle for a long period of time. 
And what we've seen in research and in my experience is that the longer we're doing it, the more chronic and rigid that cycle becomes, the more embedded into the culture of their relationship, the more unyielding it will continue to work itself through and it gets faster and more frequent. So that's why we're um, going to be spending a couple of these episodes really honing down on understanding what the cycle looks like, what has to happen in order to help it turn around. Because if this is the number one thing that predicts the relationship satisfaction, the uh, emotional erosion um, to intimacy, if this is the number one predictor of divorce, then boy, howdy, we should really get this down, right? I mean, if we can get this down, then we've got the icing on top. The, sh- the one two shift back, we're feeling more safe and secure. We have a work through to be able to have the kinds of um, conversations that provide productivity and closeness and warmth and problem solving and compromise and negotiation, all those front brain things um, that allow us to not have to self-protect we can also begin letting our walls down again, where we are taking emotional risks of sharing, where we're feeling like we can make ourselves vulnerable without judgment or attack, where we're able to connect intimately, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, sexually again. And so it starts here. So we're going to be hunkering down and really spending some time to understand it. Um, And I want you to understand that if done in a healthy and safe way, argument cycles, protest systems and relationships are normal and healthy and necessary in a relationship. Listen, if you come into my office and or whatever, and you're saying, well, you know, we don't really fight. We're just I love my partner. I'm just not in love with my partner. You know, I hear that a lot. And I'm like going, you don't fight. (laughs) Then either someone's just really stuffing um, a lot of their thoughts and feelings, or we've gotten to this place of indifference, you know, because this is not going to be a healthy pattern. We have to, you're two different people, right? So you're not going to always see things the same way through the same lenses um, based on just your life experiences based on the differences in the gender brain mechanisms, the differences in personalities, um, wants, desires. And so there has to be some kind of system in the relationship that is saying, yes, this is what I like. But this is not, this is what I don't like. And it, there has to be a want to by each partner for that to matter to them. And these negative stories and these negative emotions and these other things over time really change the, it matters to me in the relationship. So we have to undo that. We're gonna write that ship. And so we're really hunkering down and we're really going to understand this fight cycle. It's kind of like, for instance, if, if your husband stops at the grocery store and then decides, you know what, I'm going to bring my special bride these roses. 
And so he picks up some yellow roses, brings it home to his wife. And his wife goes, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for thinking of me while you're gone. Yellow roses are my favorite. Well, my guess is if you if you care and it matters to you, you're going to remember yellow roses are my wife's favorite. And the next time you go to the grocery store and you have a choice between the red and the yellow, you're going to pick up yellow because you want to win, right? You want her to see you in the most benevolent light. You still have the want to that it matters to you what her likes are. And it's not a hard thing to tell your partner what your likes are, you know, especially when they're getting it right, just to make sure they continue to get it right, right? But it becomes problematic when we're beginning to share what we don't like, right? So same scenario, husband brings home this time, white roses. Oh my goodness, honey, thank you so much for thinking of me. This really is so beautiful. I am so appreciative. However, white roses remind me of my grandmother's funeral. Again, a protest of what I don't like. I'm revealing bits and pieces of myself for my partner to know intimately. So it matters to the partner that they will remember. To know and love my partner well is to remember white roses or a bad memory of her grandmother's funeral. So the next time you're at the grocery store and you have the choice between white and pink roses, I hope you pick up the pink roses because it still matters to you. And that's what a protest system is. Showing up saying, ouch, our partner being able to hear it, receive it, and it matters to them. And I want to, to do something different. But how we go about fighting about that sometimes is gets in the way and we get into self-protective rather than um, this mattering kind of thing. So go my um, love leaders, begin watching and paying attention to the way you show up in the relationship when there's a protest system going on where our partner's sharing things that they are not liking. And then begin to notice how feels in your body, what those stories are that you're telling yourself and why that moves and shifts, whether or not you want to in the relationship to have it matter to you, whether it prevents you from responding in ways that are loving, accepting, or making yourself available or responsive to your partner in that moment. Join us again. We are going to be talking more and more about this. It's so important. And Go in good speed to learn how to be love leaders in your community, in your most important um, relationship, and come back next week to hear the next episode of Love Leading with Dr. Shannon. Thank you. Thank you for listening, love leaders. Be sure to check out all our links in the show notes and visit me at shannonrobertscounseling.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any others. Until next time, go lead in loving well.